into another episode on Catholicism series. And before I begin, I would just like to address this. If, if you are a Catholic and are listening to today's episode and have listened to the previous episodes, um, I understand how you feel. I was a Catholic for many years and, and strongly loyal to the Catholic Church. It, it grieves me to learn about some of these things as well. If you disagree with what I have said, you are welcome to your opinion. We, we all have to do the best that we can to discern whether or not things are true. However, I do want to challenge you to, to do one thing. That is to pray and ask God what he thinks about it. The Bible says that we need to test everything against scripture. Therefore, as you listen, please have an open Bible. And in addition, as you listen, please ask God, pray to God to give you his perspective about the things that you are that you will be hearing. We need to habitually seek God for his guidance. So may the Lord bless you and speak to your heart as you listen. Today, we are going to refute Roman Catholic claims to have supreme authority over all believers of Jesus. But before I jumped into that, let me start where, as I promised, where Catholicism and biblical Christianity agree. And so, we agree with Catholics on several important issues like moral issues, being pro-life, pro-marriage, and, and pro-family. Another is on the identity of Jesus, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and will come back to judge the living and the dead. We share this in common with Roman Catholic religion. Absolutely, there's no disagreement there. Another is the identity of God. We agree on the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is both Catholic and Biblical Christian view. And then, we also have the respect for the Bible. There's a huge respect of the Bible in Catholicism. I remembered before, because of my respect for the Bible, I dusted it every now and then, kissed it, and displayed it. Yes, I display the Bible instead of reading and using it. Yeah, that was, that was before. Now, they agree with us that both the Old and New Testaments are inspired, infallible Word of God. This is huge. We have major areas of agreement, and, and this is wonderful. Unfortunately, we also have to disagree on some major stuff as well. There are hugely important and absolutely essential areas of disagreement between Catholicism and Biblical Christianity. I'm going to break these down into two major things. First is the authority of the Catholic hierarchy, the Pope, and the bishops that are in communion with him, alongside with the priests and the councils, and all other stuff that comes along. This is what we are going to talk about today. The second major disagreement are the unbiblical teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. We'll deal with that starting hopefully next week. Some examples of this 
and biblical teachings of the Catholic Church is justification. That's the gospel, like, like how are we saved? There's a very different view on Catholicism and how you'd get to heaven. We disagree not only of how are we saved, but where do we go when we die? That's the Catholic teaching on, on purgatory. Now, over the years, many traditions have crept into the Roman Catholic Church, nullifying the word of God and his saving grace. I have few lists that shows a steady departure over the years from the pure gospel of salvation. Each tradition here goes directly against the truth of the scripture. We should understand that Roman Catholics are required to believe all the doctrines of their church. Here are some. In year 431 AD, the proclamation that infant baptism regenerates the soul. In 500 AD, the Mass instituted as re-sacrifice of Jesus for the remission of sin. 593 AD is the declaration that sin need to be purged. That was established by Pope Gregory I. 680 prayers directed to Mary, dead saints, and angels. 786 AD, the worship of the cross, the images and relics were authorized. 995 AD is the canonization of dead people as saints, initiated by Pope John XV. Year 1000 AD, attendance at Mass made mandatory under the penalty of mortal sin. 1079, the celibacy of priesthood decreed by Pope Gregory VII. 1090, rosary, Repetitious praying with beads invented by Peter the Hermit. 1184. The Inquisitions instituted by the Council of Verona. 1190. The sale of indulgences established to reduce time in purgatory. 1215. Transubstantiation proclaimed by Pope Innocent III. And on the same year, confession of sin to priests was also instituted by Pope Innocent III. 1229, the Bible was placed an index of forbidden books in Tolus. In year 1438, purgatory was elevated from doctrine to dogma by the Council of Florence. In 1545, tradition claimed equal in authority with the Bible by the Council of Trent. In year 1546, the apocryphal books declared canon by Council of Trent. In 1922, the Virgin Mary proclaimed co-redeemer with Jesus by Pope Benedict. And in 1950, the Assumption of Virgin Mary into Heaven proclaimed by Pope Pius XII. Now, these easily get extremely complicated. Catholicism is complicated. I can spend like 52 weeks just talking about Catholic theology alone. So why should the Bible be our supreme authority and not traditions? It's because there's no higher authority than our God, our creator who reveals objective truth through his inspired infallible word. Have you ever considered what the Bible says about itself? It says it's holy. It's pure. 
perfect and true. It is inerrant, infallible, living and eternal. It's forever settled in heaven and it's the very seed that brings forth life. The Bible illuminates, it cleanses, it saves, it freezes and guides us. It converts us, heals, judges our sins and it sets us apart. It sanctifies us by its very truth. It brings conviction. The Bible gives knowledge. It gives wisdom. It produces faith. It refutes error. It searches the heart and equips for every good work. And it's used as a sword to slay the devil's lies. Remember in Matthew 4, the Lord Jesus Christ used his word as the power and authority to rebuke Satan. I watched John MacArthur's interview last week, and in that interview, he answered one of the questions about Catholicism. He said, people are not contending against Roman Catholicism because they are ignorant of the false and fatal gospel of Rome. Many Catholics do not know Catholicism. That is actually their saving grace. Because of this, they may very well be saved, and hopefully they are. When we look at Roman Catholic authority, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in paragraph 95, it says, Sacred tradition, sacred scripture, and the magisterium of the church are so connected that one of them cannot stand without the other. They all contribute effectively to the salvation of souls. They say that all these three authorities are equal. They have their sacred traditions alongside with the scriptures. But do you know who sits above? It's the magisterium. Those are the bishops of the church, the pope. They are the one that sits above the other two authorities, and and they are masters in twisting and distorting the scriptures in order to conform to their ungodly tradition. So it's the bishops that rule over the Catholic Church. Now let's look at the Vatican's position on the Bible's inerrancy. What is inerrancy? That is something that is completely accurate and cannot be wrong. On the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 107, it says, We must acknowledge that the books of Scripture faithfully and without error teach that the truth which God, for the sake of our salvation, wished to see confined to the sacred scriptures. You see here that they are promoting the inerrancy of the word of God. Here's the catch though. The magisterium, which is consists of their bishops and priests, is said to be the only authentic interpreters. Again, under Catechism, paragraph 85, it says, The task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God, whether it's written form or tradition, has been entrusted to the teaching office of the Church. The Roman Catholic Church also has removed portions of God's Word from their Catechism. In the New Catechism of the Catholic Church, the second commandment of God has been removed. The Vatican has also divided the Tenth Commandment into two to replace the one they removed. What Catholic practice is in violation of the second commandment? 
Exodus chapter 20 verse 4. It says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. So by deleting the second commandment from their catechism, what commandment has the Catholic Church broken? Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Recently, I had a conversation with a priest, and he argued that the reason there are over 40,000 Protestant denominations is because there is no infallible Protestant interpreter to teach the Bible correctly. He contended that there are no unity but only divisions among the churches and denominations that submit to the Bible alone. Now we need to correct this misunderstanding with the truth. The denominations that submit to the scriptures alone are much more unified than religious institutions that submit to the Bible plus an infallible interpreter. For me, true unity is found whenever it is centered on the true gospel. The Apostle Paul, who wrote more than half the New Testament, understood Scripture to be the final and supreme authority in matters of faith. In his letter to the churches in Galatia, he encouraged every believer to use private judgment in discerning truth from error. He warned readers not to believe anyone who comes preaching a gospel that is different from the one already delivered by the Apostles. We can read that in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. Every man's teaching, whether it comes from popes, bishops, pastors, evangelists, or faith healers, must conform to the written word of God. If it does not conform, then that it must be rejected. This is why Bible literacy matters. We must become serious students of the Bible to avoid being deceived by religious teachers. We must always approach the study of God's word with a teachable spirit and a desire to be taught by the Holy Spirit, our most trustworthy teacher. There is no higher authority than God, who speaks only the truth, who speaks only the truth and cannot lie. He inspired the scriptures to reveal himself to mankind through Jesus Christ as creator, Lord, and Savior. Jesus, Jesus is the personification of truth and his word is truth. To avoid being confused or deceived by religious teachers, we must we must put away any Catholic or Protestant tradition or teaching that opposes God's inspired authoritative word. Mm-hmm.